Hebrews 12.1 says we are surrounded by witnesses and that we should cast off sin and obstacles that keep us from God. We are to run with endurance the race that is set before us. This is Cross Training. Building your faith to not only carry the cross of Christ, but to get up when you fall and run toward the finish line. Faith-filled business leaders and individuals share their testimony to inspire your journey. Now here's your host for Cross Training, David Anderson. This is David Anderson from Catholic Community Radio, host of Cross Training. Uh, We're sitting here today with a Friday morning prayer partner of mine, Dr. Guy Croissant, Brother Martin, 71. I told him earlier, had I known him, I could have gotten him into De La Salle, but uh, we didn't know each other then, so uh, he attended the esteemed Brother Martin High School, who I believe is still in the hunt for the state championship. Yeah, they are. They are. They are absolutely in the hunt. So we are doing this show from the offices of Dr. Croissant. Dr. Croissant is a dentist, uh, Lake, no. Lake Avenue. Lake Avenue. 1569 right. Lake Avenue. Um, and, and a sponsor of Catholic Community Radio. I know him best from, uh, we meet every Friday morning at 6 a.m. at Notre Dame Seminary with a prayer group. And we, it's a beautiful part of the day for, uh, of the week for all of us who attend. We have breakfast with the seminarians. We discuss a book, a chapter that we've read, or the readings. We go to adoration. For those who are really in tune with their faith and enjoy it as pleasure time, it's one of the best two hours that we all spend a week. And uh, Dr. Croissant joined us, what, about three years ago? Something like that, two years ago. And uh, has been a real addition to the group. Uh, I was telling uh, our illustrious producer, uh, Christopher Tidmore, uh, when we were coming in, I always feel bad because Dr. Croissant has his uh, reading marked with yellow highlighters and pens, sometimes of different color, illustrating notes uh, that he wanted to bring up or questions he had. And I'm simply pulling out my iPhone, finding the chapter to read in the parking lot before we go into the meeting. <laughs> so, uh, but it's fun. But Dr. Croissant, thank you so much for joining us. And our show is to talk about your faith some of your spiritual uh, daily habits, but really what Christ means to you and how you've let him into your heart and and how it has expanded your life and your family life and your business, but most of all, your relationship with Jesus. And uh, the format goes, we kind of talk about some place where you went, uh, there was a difficult time for you in life and how your faith expanded. And then as you got your feet under you or your emotions under you, uh, how you then expanded that faith life beyond that point. And in the middle of that, we're going to talk a little about Two Tonys, uh, one of the other sponsors of uh, Catholic Community Radio. Which actually has excellent food. Superb. Because um, I'm a member of a dental study group that meets once a month and coincidentally... um, we meet 12 times a year, and like 11 out of the 12 times is at Tony's. So it's fabulous food. It really is. Uh, there was a Tony Multibano that I went to high school with. So I was so disappointed when I finally made it to two Tonys that it wasn't the Tony <laughs> Multibano from De La Salle, 79, uh, but equally good. So, Dr. Croissant, as we talk, and we do have a little bit of a relationship in that we have this prayer group that we, we meet every Friday morning. So we do know a little about each other. Uh, but I really don't know your, your daily uh, prayer schedule. You know, we all have one. Why don't we start with that? How do you wake up in the day and what do you do? So the first thing I do is I, I have a real big advantage in the sense that I was raised by two very religious Catholic parents. I'm one of nine children, so that's been a, a real blessing. Um, my mom was one of those loving New Orleans moms who um, instilled our, our faith in our lives at a very early age. So what I do when I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is um, I try to think of how grateful I am for wow. what I have. That's wonderful. That's the first thing. That's a big word. Um, I like that word. I'm always grateful for what I have. I've been blessed to um, to be a dentist for over 42 years, 
it's been a great profession um, for myself. Um, I am, um, like everyone else, I am. Um, I've developed as I've gotten older my faith life. Um, I am um, going to Brother Martin. Um, I was really close to a lot of the brothers. One of the brothers even suggested I may be a good candidate to um, be a, a religious brother to the Sacred Heart. And um, but you would have been. I might have been. And I had I had a um, uh, Manarisa um, Jesuit said I would I would look good in a Roman collar also, but that didn't work out for me. But um, you would have been one of the more handsome Jesuits running around. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I appreciate that. But um, my prayer life has expanded as as I've gotten older. You know, I think we've become a little more religious and a little more faithful. Um, like I said, I wake up in the morning very, very grateful. And some of the things I like to do, I'm very, very appreciative of that Friday prayer group with you that's moderated by Father Joe Kraft, who's very, very good. And we a one of the big spiritual influences in my life. Yeah, and I could believe it. Um, matter of fact, I wrote him a little note this morning for, um, for uh, Christmas, um, how much I appreciate his efforts and concerns. So we usually pick a book out and we break it down and talk about it. And it's nice. We have anywhere, like you know, and we're between 12 and, and maybe 20 people. And uh, we had also the pleasure of having two seminarians that partake in, in those conversations. So that's good. So I like different things. Um, I think um, a while back, um, I'm married. I have two children. A while back, I was happening looking through looking through a Saint Dominic bulletin, and it said something about the men of Saint Joseph, which was like a Bible a Bible study group um, Wednesday mornings at Saint Dominic. And oh, about ten, twelve years ago, I, I said, "Let me try this." You know, I liked. Um, I always liked. To think about expanding my faith, and I were did. you in a period then that you were in the mode of, of praying a lot, and you were looking to expand? You were receptive to it, or was it a turn for you? You know, I was always receptive to my Catholic faith. You know, like I said, it was instilled on me from my mom and dad. You know, my dad, my dad actually taught um, catechism uh, to high school students for years. You know, and I did the same as a young man. So. Um, I think um, that really got me going to Men of St. Joseph at St. Dominic's. We meet every, every Wednesday morning at 6.30 a.m. And then from that, I had the pleasure of meeting Daniel Brownwoods many, many years ago when I had the misfortune of having a, um, a brother who was a medical, medical doctor. He was a chief resident in pathology at Tulane Medical School and um, was starting to have headaches and not feeling up to par and playing basketball. He'd say, you know, guy, I got a bad headache. And I'd say, well, it's probably because you got too much on your plate. You know, your chief resident, you got a lot going on. No, it's so he was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and uh, he died like a year and a half later. And I always thought how much he could have done for all his patients because he was very giving, very merciful, very loving. So, um, did he have children? He did. He had a young boy who was he was married um, for about a year and a half, and had a son who was six months old. Oh my goodness! Yes, and and when I asked him, he was a real faithful man himself. He was really involved with Sacred Heart. Church on Canal Street, which is yes, no longer a parish. My mother went to grammar school there. Oh, really? So, um, yeah, so um, he was really involved there. And I remember asking him, is there anything I can do for you? Because I knew he wasn't going to get much better talking to the, um, the neurosurgeons. And he said, yeah, he says, uh, just pay attention to what's going on in my family. So I thought, you know, make sure his wife is good and his son was well taken care of. And I thought that was important. So from from... The Monday Night Disciples um, I met Danny Abramowitz, and Danny Abramowitz offered to come and pray over him, and um, he did. Came and brought his Monday nights, and that had a real, real big impact on me, how how much he believed in the Holy Spirit and, a, and a, the power of prayer and and with the Spirit, how the Spirit can move you. And and, and they had all these men in his, in, his, in his hospital room just praying over my brother. Oh, my. And coincidentally... Um, they also had that time of the year as um, um, they had the Chicago Bears playing in the Superdome for the. Uh, I remember the game for the Super Bowl. Mike Ditka's coach, and um, they had some of the Bears um, coming to the hospital. I don't know if it was because of Danny, but they also came in the hospital and prayed with him. And uh, and those things had a real profound effect on my life. You know, I thought if he could be faithful. And um, so you watched his faith deepen while going through that period. I did watch his faith wow. deepen wow. going through that period. And it's uh, fascinating. 
Yeah, and he was, um, he was at peace. He was at peace. I don't think he liked where it was, but he was at peace. And I remember him telling my dad, he said, hey, listen, I'm glad I have this tumor because I think I'm probably the strongest of the family. Mm-hmm. So um, I think things like that, experiences like that. Was he um, your older or younger brother? Younger brother, 12 months younger. So we're well, like so twins. Very close. Very close. And he decided he wanted to be a medical doctor, and uh, that worked out good for him. I didn't think the hospitals would be a good fit for me, so I, I pursued uh, dentistry and dental medicine, and it's been a great fit for me ever since. But things like that, um, happened to marry a young lady who was, uh, went to Holy Angels, who was real deep in her faith, and I think that was a perfect, out of, out of all the things I liked about her, dating her, it was always nice. I'd say, hey, do you want to go to church here? Would you like to go to this adoration? Would you like to do this? And she was always receptive. I had the same experience marrying Yuna. Uh, she was one of the first women I went out with that had a deep Catholic faith. And it, that helped with the connection so strongly. I know what you mean. It does, it does make the relationship a whole lot easier. Yeah. At least it did for me. It did for us, for sure. So between the Monday Night Disciples and the Men of St. Joseph and having a pleasure meeting you. and We need to name our Friday group, by the way. We need to come up with a a name of some sort. (laughs) So uh, let me introduce, reintroduce, uh, we're speaking with Dr. Uh, Croissant, who owns Bucktown Dental on Lake Avenue. And uh, Guy and I share... uh, uh, a men's Bible group together uh, that we go to every Friday morning, and we are doing this show uh, for Catholic Community Radio, and the name of the show is Cross Training, and I'm the host, David Anderson. So right on back to uh, Dr. Croissant in how his faith has grown seeing different events really take place in other people's lives that you loved, which is often more painful. Uh, you know, your brother probably really meant that when he said he's glad he had it because he wouldn't have wanted to see any of you other uh, of the siblings go through it. He wanted to carry that burden on himself. But the grief shared by everyone else has got to be overwhelming. A young, promising man, new child, medical doctor. Uh, the family must have been so uh, proud of where he, the man he had become and to see him leave so early. I bet that did move you quite a bit to see his faith going through that yeah without a doubt the american dream and it's all all of a sudden not exactly what you want and that's often uh the way in life it doesn't look that you've had many downturns in the dental business you've had a successful practice for how many years 42 years 42 years wow that's uh, not many people have professions in any career that go 42 years so um, it's exciting. It's always been exciting for me to get to know you a little better every week after three years. And we often sit next to each other just because we like each other's company. Uh, we both uh, make a couple wise cracks every now and then uh, that makes us both laugh and hopefully the rest of the group laugh as well. But so you, you're going through this period in your life. You watch your brother die at a untimely age you start getting involved with different men's groups to expand your own faith and you know david i sort of i sort of the horrible nature of, of of a glioblastoma which is a brain tumor and i also saw the beauty of his sickness and when i say the beauty of his sickness um there was a group of nuns called the sister servants of mary and they're um they're off polito street um so they would come and, and, and watch my brother and, and sit with my brother late in the evenings, and I could see how religious, and it, all, it overwhelmed me how these nuns were always so happy. You know, I, I couldn't, I, it, it just... Did they wear habits? They do. The all-white? All-white habits. Yeah, yeah. And you never see, the, they, they, their, main, their main ministry is to the, the, the sit with the sick. Yes. And, uh, and you donate whatever you might be able to afford, and uh, and most of them are registered nurses, and they absolutely um, are wonderful people. One I got to be very close with. Sister, very holy people. Very holy people. And uh, Sister Gloria, um, she was a really, really sweet lady. I always had a smile on her face. And there was another um, there was another Holy Cross priest named Father Harold Esling, 
who was at Sacred Heart at the time. Um, he visited my brother almost every day. Every day he was in a hospital for a long period of time, like every single day. And my brother was in a hospital for a long time. No matter what time, it could be 7 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock at night, or um, I'd ask mom, his father Harold come? No, but I'm sure he'd come at 12 o'clock he'd show up. And always led us in prayer. And uh, it brought our family a whole lot closer, I think. Oh, I bet. In a lot of ways. We had a similar situation with my nephew, uh, Vijay Nagendra, and the same nuns came. Every night, they spent the night there in their home. And this little guy was also uh, pulled us all in deeper. Some of his last words were that uh, he was going to see Christ. And this was an 18-year-old young man who's dying of brain cancer who says, I'm going to see Christ. Wow. Yeah, it was very moving for everyone. And still today, uh, we go every year on his birthday out to the sisters on Perdido uh, for a mass. It's beautiful. They're, they're beautiful, holy people. They are absolutely beautiful, holy people. So, as we all strive to be holy in our lives. You were talking a little about how your prayer schedule starts in the morning. So what I try to do is like everybody else, um, well, maybe not everyone else, but some people have better sleep habits than others. My sleep habits are, are pretty consistent. I try to go to bed and maybe like 10-ish, and uh, I just lay in, lay in my bed and just try to um, think about, as the Jesuits um, think, what have I done in a day? What have I done today? How have I found God in my life? I think they call it like the spiritual exercises. Something, something along that line, or you get it from the spiritual exercises. I think they call it the examination of conscience, yes, examination. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So um, you've heard, I've heard a lot about it, and, and all of a sudden, you know, you just, just practicing it may, makes a big difference in your life. So I lay there, and as I'm laying there, I'm, I'm thinking, so I've, I've seen God in my life, and how have I helped other people see God in my life? And I, and I go to, as I'm falling asleep, as I'm falling asleep, I always... It's a great way to fall asleep. It is a great way to fall asleep. And I always have a prayer to um, Our Lady of Grace. It's a beautiful statue of Mary with her arms extended. And I always say prayers to Our Lady of Grace. I don't know what, how they got that habit, but that's always good. And I wake up in the morning and try to start my day um, the same way. You know, I, I don't go to Mass every morning, which I probably should. I try to... Try to go to Mass a few times a week. You know, if I could catch a 5.30 Mass at St. Dominic or 8.30 Mass at St. Louis across the street from my office. And, of course, I'm usually at St. Dominic on Sunday Mass. So, um, do, you, and, do you have any adoration time in your life? You know, um, I, do, I do more so when my daughter's in town from LSU. She's always said, Dad, she's involved in, um, in uh, Christ the King at at LSU, yes. Which, if you're not familiar with Christ the King, it's a fabulous um, um, church within the confines of LSU's campus. It's um, run by Father Andrew, and it's just fabulous for the young people. And I've met so many. So your daughter's in college and uh, practicing her faith, and she's at LSU. She's at LSU practicing her faith, right? And my son's at LSU also, and uh, but she seems that's a, a blessing right there. It is a blessing, but um, but I like I like. I like um, these different groups, like the one we talked about Friday morning. I like Danny's group last night. The Monday Night Disciples had an unexpected um, a speaker, and um, we usually pick a topic. Like last night, it was going to be um, one of the saints, and we're going to discuss the saints and with, the, with different attributes, wonderful things this saint has done, and we kind of talk about it. And, uh, but last night, um, we had a gentleman whose son had was, uh, also had a brain tumor. Um, he was from San Diego, and he talked about all the different ups and downs with his son. Found out he had a brain tumor at 16 and, uh, and has given very little chances and, um, and has um, survived this brain tumor and he, through the power of prayer. So that's always a good group. I enjoyed a Friday um, morning group. That's always a good group. Um, so. What about in the evening before you go to bed? You know, like... Or are you so exhausted you just no, fall in bed and go to sleep? No, it, it, it depends, you know. It depends what I have going on um, what night. But um, what I really like to do, and I do a lot of, I, I try to get myself separated from this world, you know. I try, you know, they were saying, I'm, I'm, I'm in the world, but maybe not of the world. And, uh, 
and what I try to do is I do a lot of YouTube on, on uh, especially videos on um, some really like um, Father Barron, Bishop Barron, um, different things like that. Um, you can always... Um, Bishop uh, Sheen uh, Bishop is Sheen. a good Sheen. one. That was another one I was going to say. You took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, he's fantastic. Bishop, Bishop it's Sheen. funny how the issues that were relevant in the 60s when he had a number one TV show, he comes out with his dramatic flair with the red cape, and uh, the issues are the same. Oh, the issues are absolutely it's, the same. He could be speaking all of today's social ills. And absolutely. There that, they were. Absolutely. And, um, and when Pope uh, John Paul uh, went to New York, um, they were getting ready to introduce some different people. It was at St. Patrick's Church. You've probably heard this story. No, and, I haven't. And he said... Um, Sure, I'd love to meet this dignitary. I'd love to meet this, but I want to. Where's Archbishop Sheen? Oh, Bishop Sheen, excuse me. Where's Bishop Sheen? That's who he wanted to meet. So I thought that was very interesting. Yes, I'm sure. From well, a saint. From a saint. Yes, from a saint. I'd like him calling God, wanting to meet you. Right. And I believe uh, Bishop Sheen is in the process. I think you're right. Uh, of of looking at canonization. So you have a daughter. A son at LSU. That's right. They both incredibly still go to church. That's correct. At, uh, my daughter is at Dominican, ninth grade. She came home in the eighth grade and said, Daddy, I just want to let you know I, I have a relationship with Christ. I almost sent Dominican uh, an extra, uh, another half of the tuition. Uh, it was so beautiful to hear. Uh, so... I, I can only hope that we carry that forward all the way into college. So there's, there's Dominican educators at that school, Dr. Thomas and Miss Farb. They do, and, and many more do a fabulous job. But somewhat interesting last night, um, the, like I said, the Monday Night Disciples is Daniel Brownwitz's group, and not to, not to go over and over this, but um, my son happened to be home, and I've been asking him many, many times. You know, you, you ask, you ask, you ask, and occasionally they'll say, "Sure." So I've asked him many times. Hey guy, would you would you like to come to Danny's group? Um, and uh, most of the time, it's you know you hear from your son. It's hey dad, I'm good, I'm good. That's that's what you always <laughs> I'm hear. Good, I'm yeah. good. I'm yes, good. That means you know leave me alone. I'm okay. I'm doing good. Just watching this MLB. Uh, we say I'm good. It means I'm available. That's exactly yeah. right. So he went last night, and he and I was wondering. I thought because it's. The median age of that group is maybe 65, 69. And I thought, now, how is he, how is he going to enjoy this? And uh, when that gentleman um, came and gave that, 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 that nice, nice, wonderful um, speech about his son. Uh, um, Has he, his son passed? No, his son is actually, um, he's trying to make a movie of it. That's why he was there last night trying to, trying to talk up. Um, wow. Yeah, he's trying to make a movie. His son is actually at Texas A&M. He um, still has some, um, some deficits. He has a little um, problem with visual concerns and a little bit of balance. But they're trying to make a movie of The Power of Prayer. Supposedly, um, he's in San Diego, and um, they're waiting for a, a very, very poor prognosis with his son. And he has an appointment with the, the neurosurgeon, the neurologist, and all of these different medical doctors. And they call him up and say, hey... You need to come here with your wife. And he's thinking, oh, my goodness, um, they're going to give me some real bad news. And his son's in the hospital, had, had maybe two or three previous brain surgeries and actually ended up having four. And um, he meets with him and says, um, I don't know how to explain this to you, but there's no longer any cancer in your son's head. I, we don't, we're trying to figure out, we're looking at these scans and looking at these scans, and we're trying to figure out What's going on with this? Wow, you're giving me chills. Right. So um, the dad says, I, 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 know, I know what's going on with this. So I don't remember the school. We mentioned the school. It's in San Diego. And uh, they, his prognosis was really, really bad. His prognosis was really, really bad. And um, they thought, well, let's do like somewhat like a pep rally, you know, and we're going to all go around and we're going to give him a red shirt or maybe a white shirt. I think the colors were red and white for his school, his high school, and he was a very elite baseball player and a very, very, um, very good football player. And for him to start having headaches and all of a sudden um, he realized the diagnosis was not good and everything was going bad. 
And when uh, they start praying over this young man, they put him in a chair and lifted him above him. And he started feeling this warm warmth coming through his body. Like a feeling of like, um, like my goodness, I'm getting hot. And that a... Um, they have a picture of it. I did not see the picture. But it's supposed to be a beautiful picture of all these young people around him and having this gentleman lifted on the shoulder or lifted in a chair. And um, and then um, two days later when they met, or three days later when they met with all these physicians, they gave him that news and said, we, we can't explain it, but we don't see any tumor still in your son's head. So, in, in, so the talk last night was the power of prayer. Oh, my. The power of prayer. It is real. And faith. And for those that are just listening, you're listening to Cross Training, hosted by me, David Anderson, on Catholic Community Radio, and we're talking with Dr. Guy Croissant, who has a very strong dental practice over in Bucktown uh, on Lake Avenue. It's actually called Bucktown Dental. That's correct. Uh, And when you look him up on the web, you can see there's like one other Bucktown something in Illinois. Other than that, he kind of owns the domain. There aren't many Bucktowns uh, in the world, much less culturally, uh, like we have in Bucktown. And we are uh, having a, a great dinner while we talk. Uh, we are having some veal parmesan from Two Tonys, one of our other sponsors of the show, as Dr. Croissant is. Uh, and there is also some mushroom, some stuffed mushroom with crab meat. Fabulous. Absolutely with fabulous. With a butter garlic sauce. Mm, 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 delicious. And I love uh, a good tomato sauce. And uh, being an Irish Catholic in New Orleans, we think we're Sicilian. <laughs> we don't look a lick like Sicilian, <laughs> but our diet certainly do. Uh, it's just we're fortunate to be here and have such good food. Uh, and fortunate for you, I think we probably eat a lot of too many sweets, so a lot of cavities are going running around town. Actually, you know what? There's, it, m- most of the dental-related concerns are missing teeth and, um, and gum disease, believe it or not. Going back to you and your spiritual life, and you do all these different groups, these men's groups, your children are still involved. How about uh, your wife, who you uh, – do, do you all – Ever pray together? You know, that's one thing we need to work on. I've heard so many people talk about the benefits of having a um, a husband and wife pray together or a prayer partner, just like a workout partner because it initiates, it moves things forward, you know. It makes you committed. It makes you accountable. We don't really do that. Uh, My wife, she's a a churchgoer. She likes that 530 Mass at St. Dominic. And um, like today, I I didn't 530 Saturday Vigil? Oh, no, no. She tries to go to Mass probably three times um, during the weekdays. 5.30 in the morning? No, she, in the evening. Oh, it's 5.30 in the evening at the same time. Yeah, she would, you would never find her at a 5.30 a.m. Mass. Nor never. me. Nor you. But she tries to do that. So, um, But um, accent me and Risa most recently in um, September, someone um, spoke about the power of, of prayer, husband and wives, um, author, uh, talked about that. Arthur Dupre, actually. Jesuit, 1976. That sounds about right. Yes. And I believe he went on to have uh, a plethora of children. He did. He did. But he spoke about that, um, the power of prayer with as as a couple, that you really, any, um, so I, I've never done that, actually. I, and it, it brought top of mind because my wife and I were meeting with a priest the other day, and he asked us that question. And I said, no, we don't. And he, uh, he suggested that we do. And uh, it's a hard thing for a couple to kind of pray together. You, you're making yourself very vulnerable. Easier for me and you to pray together. Without a doubt. Uh, than it would be you know, for your, your spouse. You're really showing a side to her, to her of you. That's not normally there. Uh, So we have not begun that practice. Uh, But I think as her law school exams come up next week, she might be open to it. (laughs) No, that would be a good idea. The more prayer, the better. Uh, But another thing, um, David, um, that I I never pursued I thought would be interesting, um, and you might know more about this than I do, um, the Archdiocese actually offers um, each... Each individual, if they if they interested or willing, um, a spiritual director, 
Um, I don't really know all the ramifications or all all the efforts you have to do to do that. But I think I think you um, can actually get it. Someone suggested I get a spiritual director, and I said, "Oh, that's interesting." I, I never really thought about that. It, I, I have one, and um, I guess about two years now. He's a priest, and he just resumed his duties of traveling more. So uh, we don't get to meet as often. Um, it is a great benefit to you. It's really, really wonderful. It's almost like having a confidant, a, uh, a confessor, if it's a priest, and um, someone to share your journey and has, has been down the road a little longer than you and a little further down and can say, uh, guy, that's a good place for you. Keep pushing there. It's almost uh, really having a spiritual confidant that has a little bit more wisdom than you. And it's, I, I found it to be wonderful and really missing it as much that you know, my spiritual director has taken these new responsibilities in the archdiocese to travel more. Uh, so I'm probably going to be looking for one. I don't know how you go about breaking up with your spiritual director. <laughs> I don't know. I'll say, it's not you, it's me. Uh, but in this That's case, funny. I'll say, Father, it's you. You're traveling. It's not me. Uh, but, uh, I, I will uh, be joining you in that quest for a new spiritual director as well. So um, I'm looking over at our producer, uh, and he's giving me the sign to say, to remind our, our audience, most of which are driving in their cars, uh, that this is David Anderson, host of Cross Training, and we are on Catholic Community Radio. And the, today we are interviewing Dr. Guy Croissant, own, I guess you're the owner or you're the uh, uh, of the practice. Yeah, that'd be right. Bucktown Dental on Lake Avenue, and one of the leading sponsors of Catholic Radio, uh, of which I listen to all the time. I sometimes say uh, different prayers, and I'll turn that radio off. Sometimes they, the host on the show will say, "You know, you really have to. You know, we hate to say it, turn the radio off and pray." And every time they do. I'll take that suggestion and turn it off and just have that peaceful time. Uh, I do like when I'm driving to also uh, say the rosary, and um, I, I enjoy that quite a bit. Well, you know the thing about it, that 690 AM is my go-to channel. The Almighty. The Almighty. 690. 690, it's correct. And um, I, I always have um, um, my... Uh, Dial set to six ninety. Me as well. And I like a, I like a lot of the different um, Father John Ricardo is very, the very best. good. He is absolutely good, and they have um, many good shows that are very interesting to me. Um, and I think too another thing that's talking about spiritual directors. I think another important thing is to find someone who you can mentor you. Exactly. You know. So exactly. I had the pleasure. Um, I, I've, my dad was a really really good strong catholic and he instilled a lot of good um things i think in our family and uh, i thought that was always good but i was lucky enough to go to Loyola university which worked out really really well where my wife is in law school where your wife's in law school and um and then i um had the, the pleasure of, of going to lsu dental school which was a very good at the time and i'm sure it still is was a very good uh dental institution and i've been to a few different ones so i not only the facility was very, very nice, but it was, it's, a, it's a great educational institution. But I think, um, I think it's important whether it be a spiritual director, and I don't know how to give you advice, break it up with your spiritual director. That's, that's interesting. That's tough. That's a tough thing. Yeah. So I don't know how to give you advice on it. But I think a mentor, I always like to think of myself as someone doing things that, are, that may be good, and someone might say, hey, well, that's how I find like Daniel Brown was, you know, I, I, I like Danny. I like talking to him. I think he walks the talk. You yes, know? he does. And, um, and I don't know if you're aware of this, David, but he's going to receive the Mother Angelico Award. So, which is a really, really prestigious award, you know, given by EWTN. It is a big award. And uh, you've had to walk the walk for a long time to even be considered for such a uh, such an award. And I'm sure there's a guy who has received many awards, NFL awards, 
and post-awards. I was at a function. We worked together way back when at uh, Joe Canizero's bank. Uh, sure. And uh, I got to know Danny a little bit, and he was fantastic. He was fantastic. He was actually one of the first professional men that I met that had a Bible on his desk. Wow. I believe that. It was, I'd never seen anyone before Danny O'Brien Edwards uh, in a professional setting with a Bible on their desk. Uh, so he was, and, and I would do a lot of the nonprofit uh, work that Joe Kenzo would support. And Danny, uh, it would often be Danny and I going representing the bank uh, at these different awards. And wow, he spoke, aware of that. He spoke many times, uh, as often uh, Joe was the largest contributor and sponsor of the event. And Danny would get up and speak. And he was eloquent, man. He would, first of all, it's a former. L, uh, NFL player that had an impact in New Orleans, and regardless of what the uh, nonprofit was that we were at, he would always bring in Christ. And I remember one time it used—I forget the new name—it was a National Council of Christians and Jews. And Danny got up and spoke, and I don't think there was a dry eye in the house. Uh, he he may have converted some folks that night. It was really he was he was amazing. So uh, he's used to that public speaking, and he's very good at it. He's and he's really passionate about yes. it. Yes, and he's someone you could really believe what he says. Um, and speaking about Mr. Canizero, he's been very generous. Also, I remember my my brother as a young man was interested in going to Medjugorje, and uh, funds were a little tight, you know, being one of nine children and. Uh, it was Mr. Canizero's um, contribution to the Dominicans, Father Neil McDermott, um, who, was, who was a good friend of uh, Mr. Canizero, that um, he procured some finances for these 21-year-olds to go to Medjugorje. He does a lot of work way under the radar. Without I, a doubt. I, I would be in his office many times when he was looking at requests and they would come from a mother who was looking for tuition at to a catholic school and no no fanfare whatsoever a lot of different functions um yeah he was a good man to work for uh i hadn't seen anyone in the business world that i had worked for previously uh, that was as passionate about his faith, about his Catholic faith, as, as anyone else. I, uh, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. And still, I have a good relationship with him today. Uh, all from those days way back when, at First Bank and Trust, which ain't there no more. Ain't there no more. That's right. Uh, he's, he's sold out. Yeah, he sold out. He built it up and harvested what he, what he grew. I used to tell him when he built the chapel on his house, I said, Joe, the trust fees that I earned you built that chapel. He said, thank you very much, David. <laughs> he probably really said, David, what you earned uh, bought two hymnals in that chapel. Were you speaking about... Father Neil McDermott, Father Neil McDermott was um, who was um, a um, the pastor of St. Dominic for twelve years, I think, if I'm not mistaken. He was good friends with Joe, and I remember for Father Neil's 80th birthday, they actually had it at Mr. Canizero's house and a chapel inside his house. Isn't it beautiful? Oh, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's lovely. Just to be able to go and kneel down and say a prayer in that chapel was really special. Well, and for our viewers that are just joining us, uh, or I guess our listeners who are just joining us. I'm David Anderson, host of Cross Training on Catholic Community Radio, and we're sitting here in the lovely offices of Dr. Croissant, uh, Guy Croissant, who owns uh, Bucktown Dental on Lakeview Avenue, one of the main sponsors of Catholic Radio, and we're very fortunate to have another sponsor uh, provide some good food for us, some uh, stuffed crab mushroom. And veal parmesan. Not many of those left, David. You and better it, grab one. And it is super delicious. I've been biting as uh, uh, as we've been talking, but uh, we we do want to thank uh, two Tonys for that. It's and, absolutely delicious. And David, like um, like I was telling you, we have some some dental education meetings, um, ten or twelve a year at that particular restaurant. And uh, sometimes I'll hear some of the guys say, uh, "I'm not really interested in the speaker, but I know the food's going to be good." 
you know? Well, that'll get a group. I, whenever I'm talking to someone and trying to get them to come to our Friday morning meeting, I always bring in the good breakfast buffet. Tell them it's better than IHOP or Shoney's. Uh, except on Fridays, we don't have any meat. The, uh, the, the seminary is, is, have meatless Fridays throughout the year. So, um, yeah, I never we, thought about that. They don't have any meat. Right. Uh, that was instituted by the previous uh, president of, of the seminary. I started the group when we did have meat, and uh, when the new uh, president of the seminary, who's now gone off to bigger pastures. Right. Uh, he was a nice guy. Yeah, he was terrific. A, a, a great homilist. I don't know if you ever heard of him. I speak. have not had the pleasure of hearing any of his. One of the best I've ever heard. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and I've been fortunate. I go to Holy Name. Uh, where, Father Thibodeau. Where Father Thibodeau is it's fabulous. A fabulous. Um, you want to stand up and clap. And for 15 years, I was at my, at um, St. Stephen's with Monsignor Nolte, Nolte, who sure. was a brilliant, brilliant. I used to tell him, I feel like taking notes. I feel like I'm in a uh, graduate level theology class. Uh, at the end, he's so, a pretty sharp guy. If I'm not mistaken, he's a canon lawyer. If I'm not he, mistaken, he is. He is indeed. Uh, so we've been very fortunate. We spent almost 15 years at uh, at St. Stephen's, and we've been over at Holy Name, which is we actually live in the parish uh, for about two and a half years. And you're blessed when you go to church and there's a great homilist. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, you always try to walk away with something. That's what I like about some of these men's groups. You walk away with something. That's, that's what I told my son. I said, be open-minded, listen to what this, these guys have to say, and just try to walk away with something. I try to tell my My father really brought me back into the church when he became a Catholic. Uh, and he asked me to be his sponsor. And it was great father-likeology. Because my brother at the time was a much more devout practicing Catholic than I was. My father was planting the seed that later developed into, into where I am now with my faith. So it was, it was a good move on his part. Uh, it really brought me in and started to learn. Uh, I hadn't really until that point, which was, I guess, 2003 or 2004, uh, from high school, I hadn't had much training. Uh, you know, I'd go to church on holidays, and uh, that would be about it. But he brought me back in, uh, renewing his own faith and certainly strengthening mine. Yeah, like one of my favorites, St. Paul. You know, I, I really love reading about St. Paul. I was telling, telling you sometimes I just just tune into some YouTube things and um, videos and, and always get a kick out of St. Paul. I mean, the thought... That in his time, um, he walked ten thousand miles, you know, which I think is—I think that's, if I'm not mistaken, that's accurate. Ten thousand miles—that doesn't have around the Mediterranean. Just, just doing his, um, his um, evangelization, you know. I, just, I didn't realize they had step counters back then. <laughs> Supposedly, um, he. Walk from New York to California would have been like four times, I think. I wow. think something like that. But I thought it was ten thousand miles. Well, a lot of those guys went around the whole Mediterranean. No, you uh, might. Yeah, you might uh, be right. Probably more than once. No, right. Yeah, uh, getting on a ship wasn't cheap. No, it wasn't. And there wasn't a lot it of was, opportunity. And it wasn't for safe income. either. So, um, that's your favorite saint. I would think he's way up there. He's way up there, you know, think of Jesus Christ, you know, put on the arm of Christ, you know. Because there's some days, you know, as a dentist, things aren't always going right, you know, and you just kind of dig in. I, I tell my kids just dig in. and uh, As when you're tired or things aren't no, going I mean, right in a patient? Well, I mean, like um, like just you might be doing a crown and, and the crown might come back from the laboratory exactly the way you like it. Gotcha. And it's up to you. I mean, you're the decision maker. Right, you're gonna to want to decide if you're gonna if this will be a good job for him or not a good job for that patient. So you just send it back and you just tell the patient, "Look, I think I could do a better job." And I, I think that's that's what I try to do in every day in my life, if we can, you know, in, in my faith, just try to elevate it, elevate the game a little bit here or there. That's why I joined that group. Who introduced you to that? Vic Pizzolatto. 
Oh, you you told me Vic Pizzolatti introduced this group. He said you might like this group. It's a it's a group of guys we meet every Friday and uh, it's very interesting. The conversation is very interesting. Who's one of the most interesting people I have met in a long time? <laughs> I really really like him. Well, Dave, let's give him a plug. He, well, he, I, why not? We 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 <laughs> this group that we meet on Friday mornings. Uh, we've been trying to get together on the last Thursday of the month and uh, go over to his place at Oscars. Which is a great Road, idea. Which is kind of fun. It's uh, We don't do much Bible talk. We sometimes get into Vatican politic talk like we have any influence at all. But it's fun. And mostly saints and politic talk. Uh, but we have great food. And, and tell them the location. What, On Metairie Road. That's right. Oscars. Oscars. Uh, I had never been in it. And uh, we started going over there for the Thursday night. It was really funny. One night we're there, and uh, Father Joe showed up. <laughs> and uh, I, I go to the bar, and I ask the lady, hey, can you take a picture of us so our wives will know that we really, she said, you really did go to a bar with a priest? Yeah, I'll be happy that, because those, those women need to know that. <laughs> That's and funny. We're going to a bar, and uh, we have a priest with us. Uh, it's more than a bar. It's a restaurant as well. But uh, my wife did get a kick out of it. She's like, ah, okay, okay, Father Joe's going, y'all, y'all are clear to go. Yeah, so if we haven't made it clear, Father Joe is a moderator for our our, our Friday yes. group, and he's absolutely fabulous. Father and he's Joe got craft, right? He's at the seminary. Um, might be um, might have been there a few years now, huh, David? Yes. Yeah. One of the few priests that have had all the sacraments. He was really? formerly married. Oh, that's exactly. I do widowed. remember that. I forgot about that. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. He's really. He always brings a very interesting perspective. And what what I get a kick about Father. Is he lets all the men speak, and after after he listens, everything he says, well, here's what you got to hear. He cleans it up. He cleans it up. That's he a great really way to does say. Do a good he job. Of does that. a good job of cleaning up. And because we do have uh, different perspectives on what we all read, and he kind of shapes it up for us in a very concise way, puts it in a proper perspective, without a doubt. So, tell me one of the things in your life that stand out other than the birth of your children or getting married that led you to believe that God was in your life helping you without you even knowing it? That's a curveball I'm throwing at you. No, no. I I had a a Jesuit priest tell me once that two wonderful gifts God could give you every single morning. You got to pay attention to this guy. Listen, guy, it's not that deep. I said, okay, Father, <laughs> I'll be glad to listen. He says, two things he gives you every morning is when those two eyes open up. So Amen. as soon as those two eyes open up, then, then you have to be primed for the day. So what you need to do is you need to give back. You know, you have those two eyes open up and, and, and you need to give back. That day you need to give back. You know, so one, you asked me about experience. I'll tell you one experience that was kind of interesting. So I left LSU Dental School, and I spent a year as a clinician at Charity Hospital. You know, and uh, that was a really interesting experience. That was a fabulous experience. I was there maybe not too long, and I thought, I'm not so sure about this place. But it made me really appreciate what I had. You were doing dental work right. on uh-huh. patients? That's correct. Wow. So I left... So I, a lot of a lot of doctors um, leave um, this, the dental school and they go into private practice. Um, I ended up spending um, some time at, at Charity Hospital as a clinician, working in a dental department, and it gave me a lot of appreciation for what people didn't have. Certainly, you know. I mean, so your eyes to, were open without a doubt. I mean, from the very first day I walked into that particular um, um, hospital, it was like, wow, it's like a different world. You know, when people walk in and, and begging you to pull four their front teeth, you think, wow. You know, it was like, wow. You know, it's just a different. So maybe I really appreciated how some people had it much harder than I have had it. I think that's one of the blessings that we have in practicing our faith. I'm sure other people get it as Without well. Doubt. But in particular, our Catholic faith is that when we see suffering of people, it sticks on you. It's, you. 
you, you remember it. And you think about those people that are under the bridge, that face that you saw, or that guy uh, going to prison. I mean, you, you see it, and it, it, I won't say it haunts you, but it does kind of haunt you and uh, makes you so appreciative of what you have and really so hopeful that their lives get turned around. Uh, it's constant. I mean, we, we're raised that way, and um, I don't know whether we're fortunate to have that. I think I'd rather just drive by and not pay attention to it. Uh, <laughs> instead, we, most of us as Catholics, see it, and, and we feel their pain. Sure. So, like Mother Teresa. I mean, Mike, what a better example, Mother Teresa. Or, or, or uh, Sister Mary Lou Specher at, at Hotel Hope. I mean, she's a prime example of that. Uh, uh, I've, I've called her. I've seen a woman out uh, on the street with a sign and a kid, and I've called Mary Lou, Sister Mary Lou, and she's gone out there. She'd met me out there under the bridge and brought those people back to her Hotel Hope. Oh wow! So on a on a call, you know, because wow. I actually approached the lady, and she was very suspect. This woman had been victimized every which way, and uh, she wasn't going to listen to anything I had to say. I would uh, did not represent any 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 hope for her, uh, only victimization. So I called Mary Lou and said, "Mary Lou, uh, Sister Mary Lou, can you come out?" She was out there in five minutes, and the lady had shelter that night. Wow. With her, with her little baby daughter. Wow, well, that, yeah. well that's a, a a really great word, hope. Yeah, it is. If you don't have hope, you don't have a lot of things. And, well, and a hotel hope that's um, takes some of the homeless and finds shelter. It, for- it takes women with children, right? Male or female, because there, there are several places uh, they won't take a male child. Right. They try to keep them uh, with this because they bought an old motel. They're able to give each family its own unit. Hmm. And so they can take small boys as well. And it's women who are in dire distress, immediate uh, shelterlessness, immediate. They, they're in their car that night or have been. And they provide housing, food, and a safe place for their children. Wow. And a spiritual direction. They're saying, you know, who's providing all this for me? And there's this nun who is providing it all. So that's, uh, I'm, that's it's beautiful. It's 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 as beautiful as a ministry as you'll ever see. Almost a sister Teresa of New Orleans. Wow. Uh, so, well, Doctor Guy, it's been a great, great uh, pleasure visiting with you, having this good food, but mostly just talking to you and hearing more about your life. Uh, you know, we've been hanging out on Friday mornings for a couple years uh, with a big group, and we have a natural kinship between us. <laughs> really, hearing and visiting with you is uh, quite special. Well, David, it's Thank been you my for pleasure. Your time. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. So, if if you don't mind, we'll end with a quick uh, hail Mary. Sure. Hail Mary, full, full of grace. grace. The Lord, Lord is with us. Blessed are thou amongst women, women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Thank you, David. My pleasure. Cross Training with David Anderson is a production of Catholic Community Media.